is a lot. I hate when people talk during the movie. No wire hangers ever! You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Your stupid minds! Stupid! Stupid! Relax. It's all in bad taste. Welcome to the podcast. It's podcast time with me. And me. <laughs> just said to sing it. <laughs> and her. And <laughs> him. And her. And him. And them. Right. What are we doing? Catwoman's. Cats. No. Oh, Cats what? Part 2. Yeah, Jack, it's a trap. You're watching Cats again. Run. <laughs> the dolls are not. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bad Taste Buds, the podcast where we talk trash about the very best of the very worst in bad cinema. I am, as always, your host, Liam, and joining me today, we have, dressed head to toe in black spandex, the always sensual Jack. Give us a crack of your whip, Jack. Meow. Meow, indeed. <laughs> you should see him. It's so fucking sexy. And joining him today, we have a literal Catwoman, Hannah. Meow. Is this, is this going to be like a running... Are you, you going to do it too? You better not. Joining wow. Hannah and... <laughs> last but not least, we have... I'm feline fine. I'm not. Ryan. I am not feeling Ta-da. fine. If you couldn't tell based off our horrendous cat puns, we are today... Your horrendous cat puns. Mine was great. I thought mine was Came up with that myself, by the way. We just meowed. Yeah, they weren't cat puns. They were just cat noises. Uh, We are covering what is probably likely one of the most misguided attempts to ever adapt a comic book hero to the big screen of all time with 2004's Catwoman, directed by Pitoff. Misguided. (laughs) Is that how you say that? I don't. I was literally. If if I'm pronouncing the director's name wrong, I do apologize. P I T O F. I'm thinking either Pitov or Pitov, Pitov maybe? Pitov? I don't know. Either way, he hasn't made many films, so who cares? Uh, <laughs> starring Halle Berry and Sharon Stone. I've seen this film once. I was a hell of a lot younger. I think I was in my teenage... I got 12, 13 or something. Yeah. And I, was it a sexual awakening for you? Yeah, a sexual de-awakening. I went back into <laughs> fucking never wanting to look at a sexy lady ever again. Which is funny because one of it, one of us body doubles is a dude. Actually, I was just reading yeah. Oh, that was yeah. I remember that was a sexy one, right? Um, I've yeah seen it once. I remember thinking it was fucking hilarious. Like I remember even as a child when you have like no discerning abilities to like tell what is good and what is bad. I was like, this is bad, and I love it. Oh, I don't know. As a little gay boy, I was like, ooh, Catwoman. Yeah, she's got like that sexy dominate, dominatrix kind of thing going on, right? And this one is all like leather clad, ripped jeans, kind of whip. Does she have a whip or am I making yeah, that? Yeah, 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 she, she does. Okay, cool, cool. Apparently it sticks onto a butt like a tail. Right, right. Well, well, no, it's it's very good, good, is it? Is it like a butt plug? One of those um, fairy butt it plugs? It sticks on the back of the costume, yeah. Really? I'm no. sure. Let's, we'll, we'll find out when we watch it. No. Right, okay. Remember this moment and remember Ryan being wrong. <laughs> this may be the Mandala effect. When did you guys first see this? Because I, yeah, I've got very little recollection. In about... Ten minutes time. This is new for you, is it? Yeah. yeah. Right. Have you okay. actually never seen this film? No, I've never seen it. So I saw this film when I was a lot, a lot younger. Same. So it came out in two thousand and four. Oh yeah. So I can't have been. I'm pretty sure I saw it when it was more or less released. and so must have been about ten or eleven. Yeah. Um, and I remember quite enjoying it, but I was ten yeah. or eleven. Um, and everything I've read since. It exists in that weird space of time where they had zero clue how to a really adapt a serious comic book character 
without it being kind of spandexy. Like, I mean, X-Men was massive. Spider-Man, the Raimi Spider-Mans were massive, but we were still heavily in that, like, camp element of superheroes where they weren't really allowed to be too serious. Didn't Batman Returns come out, like, a year, a year later? Well, Batman, Batman Begins. Begins, Batman Begins. Begins. Well, Batman Begins yeah. is often heralded as the, the beginning of that kind of darker phase of, yeah. of, of superheroes. So I think it might have even been a response to this. They were like, right, we can't do that shit again. <laughs> let's let's try, this, try this better this time. There was talk of just absorbing the character into Nolan's Batman, apparently, because the studio was... Hit and miss, like with like you know, getting it off the ground. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't. (laughs) I'm very glad they didn't as well. Could you imagine? That being said, Anne Hathaway's Catwoman wasn't fucking great either. That was a weird blip in that film wasn't it in the Dark Knight Dark Knight Rises. Out of my memory. Yeah. No, she's in it like most of the film. She's like the main love interest in the last film, isn't she? And she's very. Oh I think I remember like two scenes of her. This film was a seed of an idea that sprang up about 1992, like off the the heels of Batman Returns, the Michelle Pfeiffer. Um, Pfeiffer, that, <laughs> I, I, that, I take that from her. Andy Donner. Andy Donner, yeah, that's, was, I've uh, never been able to... You're getting the Pfeiffer vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> See, like, obviously, Michelle Pfeiffer was was one of the big standouts from the, from the Batman Returns mm-hmm. film. She was kind of given the opportunity, I think. The idea was, kind of, in, in 92 to give Michelle Pfeiffer the reins of the, the character of Catwoman and have the, the film be based around her version of Catwoman from the Burton films. It never really came to fruition. I'm not sure what... Well, it's because the costume's uncomfortable. That can't... That, I've read that too. Is that yeah. the entire... They couldn't she just said redesign... the costume's uncomfortable and she didn't want to reprise the role. That's as much info as They I couldn't have. just redesign the costume. They couldn't but just like... Well, the, you say that, but Halle Berry's costume also had problems. She said it was too tight. They had mm. to readjust it several times and the leather bra kept coming off, so she probably made the right call. I mean, it is literally a a gimp suit basically it's, like, a, it's a stupid fucking costume at least like, they didn't look, the thing is you either you either do the really uncomfortable costume or you get the Green Lantern costume that we had with fucking Ryan Reynolds and that was the worst thing I've seen still to this day one of the worst things my eyes have ever beheld still not seen that one either but I know it's on the list oh you well. should it's so if I've got to trade in uncomfortable costumes for horrendous CGI costumes then yeah fucking suffer it's, you're getting what what paycheck would it be I would, <laughs> I would be in a cat suit for nine hours a day if I was getting the fucking paycheck they were getting man up <laughs> The bra kept falling off. Okay, that's fair enough. That's a little bit, yeah. I feel like it's a weird, uh, a weird reason not to make the Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, Catwoman because I feel like that was a movie that I would be really interested in. It would have been the same movie, but it would have still been Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman, but their Catwoman. It still would have been bad. There isn't a a, a part in the film where they've they've got like a picture of her like laid out. I don't really know how that fits into it though. It's just like an Easter egg, isn't it? Because this is never described as Gotham. It's never referenced. You don't see any other superheroes and when she's she's, been shown all the past Catwomen. I was about to tag in on this. Catwomen. Because the character's name is Patience Phillips, not Selina Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. the typical uh, Catwoman as we discussed on the Batman and Robin and whatever Batman Forever thing we did a while ago yeah. with Greg. Um, but this one has like actual... <laughs> nice like... plug for our last episode. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Go watch well, it. Go listen to it. It's great. I've forgotten the name of the Batman and Batman Beyond? Batman Forever? Batman... Uh, Returns. Batman Returns, yeah. was it? It was reti- the one that oh, it was Batman and Robin for fuck's sake, wasn't it? That was one, yeah, yeah. That was one we did on our um, anyway. Episode. Yeah. Cut all of that. Um, <laughs> thanks, past Jack, for telling me to cut that. <laughs> no, but Selena Kyle is like you know, really like a burglar, sneaky, she's a dexterous, 
Well, that's how she starts off as, yeah. like, as a kind of anti-hero, sometimes on the right side of the law, sometimes on the wrong side of the law, which I think is something that is clearly a theme in the film. Mm-hmm. But she has like bona fide superpowers in this. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's basically like she gets bitten by a radioactive cat. And well, of course, yes, <laughs> like Michelle Pfeiffer had these superpowers as well because she's in the picture of past cat women who've been blessed by the yeah, cats. Apparently, so there's technically a whole lineage of she will cat have had women. those powers. But going back to that the jewel no the no. reason the reason that, that past cat women were, were adult was more that they grew up on the streets, right? Yeah. It's a whole she just gets thing. turned into a, a cat and all of a sudden she's like a magpie. Yeah, it's like leaning into like like the whole She's like, oh, shiny thing. Not like a cat. <laughs> yeah, it does feel like I, it is piggybacking off. There was this weird thing, especially with female superheroes. I was like, they didn't really know how to do it because Electra came out at the bottom this time. I don't know if any mm. of you, I know you've seen Electra, Ryan, and you have interesting thoughts about that movie. But that was another one where... (laughs) (laughs) But that was another one where they they cast a a big actor. I mean, Halle Berry was the biggest actress of the time, Mm -hmm. especially coming off roles like uh, Die Another Day, Monsters Ball, um, Yeah, it's like ScarJo of the day, wasn't she? She was definitely the ScarJo of the day. Um, (laughs) Fuck you, Ryan. Right, but I'm gonna I'm gonna put this on Mike because he just swore. He put his fingers up at me. I was gonna say that he. I practiced saying that. I was like, I'm gonna make a reference to how she's like the Scarjo of a day. Yeah, because you don't have enough lines already. Liam. Apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this was this was kind of the first instance of a female-led superhero going in completely awry to the point where we haven't really had many female-led superheroes up until Captain Marvel. Like, yeah, there was I, this massive gap. We're not going to blame Catwoman for, I mean, it might have contributed, but it definitely sexism and misogyny is the main factor. Well, no, it's Hollywood's right? fault. It's Hollywood's issue with, with the way they interpret fe- femininity and especially female empowerment on screen because her version of female empowerment in this movie is she wears a sexy cat suit and she has a whip which is just mm-hmm. warning signs immediately, right? So my superhero is BDSM. That's my superpower. Like, I'm yeah. BDSM woman. Well, apparently not Halle Berry's because she wasn't very good at cracking it, was she? No, 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 no. She had to practice for weeks and weeks and weeks on end to get it. But didn't... What, what it was, was like 90 minute Michelle sessions. Michelle Pfeiffer apparently was... She beheaded some mannequins. That's on the... Uh, Greg mentioned that, I think, on the yeah. last episode. Oh, was it you? Sorry. Yeah. You just had a sort of No, but... I haven't seen the whole film, but I've seen a few clips and stuff in preparation for this. And I, I totally get the point where it's like, what is female empowerment in films? Yeah. Like, especially late, not not even late, like, this is like 15 years ago, isn't it, this film? 2004, so yeah, about 15. I saw a scene where she, like, fell off a building, nearly got hit by a car. The guy gets out to ask if she's okay, and then she, like, drops him and steals his car and makes some joke, like, I always land on my feet or something. But I was like, <laughs> so female empowerment is just assaulting random men on the street who try to Apparently. stop and ask you for help when you're nearly fucking... I don't know, though. It's a, it's a fine line, isn't it? It's, it's they, don't seem, they never seem to get the tone right with the femme mm. fatale sort of... And they didn't, oh, again, vibe, did they, they haven't until recently. Like, Captain Marvel is the first one in memory that I can think of as a female-led superhero what? with the name in the title. And the incels slay the for it. The incels slay the for it. But this is the thing, even with Marvel, Marvel was really late to the game as well because mm-hmm. Ant-Man and the Wasp was the first one where a female hero was in the title of any of the films and even she was playing second fiddle to Ant-Man in that mm-hmm. film. I mean, I think one of the same costume. Yeah. One of the best ones is, is WandaVision, isn't it? That's just well, one division. Yeah. yeah, she was. She was. But what I don't understand about why they did a, a Catwoman film is why? Why did they not do something like Wonder Woman first? Like, hasn't Catwoman always been sort of like a background? Yeah, she's a DC character. Cat, whereas Wonder Woman's, she's there still- was a lot of there's a lot of history with Wonder Woman in cinema and being an issue because Joss Whedon. Who fuck the guy? By the way, I've not mentioned on this podcast, but but Joss Whedon's a problematic dickhead. Was meant to have a Wonder Woman film in development for about twenty odd years. It was meant to be one of the worst scripts you've ever read in your life. It was meant to be entirely sexist. Could it get much worse than what we're about to watch? 
Potentially, you see it. Yeah. Buffy the Vampire Slayer as we speak. Lee. You, this is the thing. No, like, Buffy's amazing. Buffy Buffy Buffy's is. one of the best shows of all time. But it's 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 this this time around. This will be my like, fourth time watching it round, and it's hard this time knowing that he's an asshole and that he basically abused his cast. I've never seen it, but I was always a big fan of Firefly. That yeah, been, yeah, yeah. And, Firefly's uh, amazing. Serenity. Serenity. Yeah. You know what? He's uh, fuck you, Joss. Yeah, fuck you, Joss. Um, but yeah, I know Wonder Woman was an interesting property because DC kind of until. Sit, until the Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman, the one with Gal Gadot in, um, which I'm actually not a massive fan of either. I don't know if you guys have seen it, the one that yeah, came out recently. It. It, it, it got good reviews. It was very well reviewed, but I think it's very bargain basement kind of origin story 101 kind of bullshit. Uh, doesn't do I've, it for me. From what I've heard, I, I need to watch it for myself and make my own conclusions, obviously, but uh, I've heard the first one's really good and quite, you know, good, strong female characters and things like that. And then the second one just totally U-turns and it's like... Pretty much. Basically like... Everything's Based, for the man. Yeah, it's all just about like getting a guy back and totally yeah. like sacks off everything that she kind of stood for and everything she vowed to do to get some guy back who, again, I haven't seen the film, but from what I gather, she like, was a really, really brief encounter yeah. as well. Yeah, it was it's like not like it was a lifelong days. partner or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. It was like a fling thing she had for someone and she just throws everything away for it, it which again kind of flies in the face of the whole, you know, the whole mantra, doesn't it? It's yeah. still, it's, it's, it's evidence that even in 2021, filmmakers are still really struggling to make female superheroes relevant and make them empowered and make them on the same level as male superheroes. It surely shouldn't be that difficult. Because, like, I mean, TV's doing it. Like, you, you watch shows like The Boys. Like, I've not seen it, but I know you, there's a, quite oh. a few very strong female characters in The Boys, right? <laughs> Hashtag girls get it done. Yes! <laughs> well, this is it. Like, why can, why can television and why can TV studios, like, I don't know, HBO, Showtime, things like that, why can they get it right? And yet Hollywood still seems to be faltering at every turn. Mm -hmm. The Boys was great because it had the main kind of spoilers for season two. But season two, the main villain is a woman and kind of the main heroes are all women too. And at the yeah. end, there's just a scene, a brilliant scene, where there's just four of the female heroes just kicking the shit out of this one female villain <laughs> who's like on the floor. And they're all just beating the living daylights out of her. And it's That's just like, girl power. But it is, it's like, you know... It, Let's get it done. And it's kind of like a running joke in season two of The Boys as well, because the whole thing is that there's this big evil corporation that owns all the superheroes, and, you know, they own all the movie mm. rights, the comic books, the action figures, and they make it billions and billions and billions off of it. It's basically yeah. evil Marvel. Or DC <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. But, um... They're, they're the ones who are peddling the hashtag girls get it done like trying to like doing a really cringy bad job of female empowerment and they do it in a way that's it's satiring the whole comic book universe superhero female superheroes yeah. itself where it's literally just taking the piss out of how terribly how terribly done most female superheroes <coughs> are and it's just satirical of itself of, of and of itself it's um, a, this one yeah it's a shambles it is it's ridiculous that we still haven't got a a very successful female-led super... Because Captain Marvel's probably the closest we've got. Wonder Woman, the DC Wonder Woman, was very well received. It's got a lot of flaws. But we haven't had that standout, this is the female superhero movie yet. And it's it's baffling that in 2021 we still haven't got that. I absolutely love, like, Brie Larson. I think she was great in the thing. But Captain Marvel as a concept is just a weird character, isn't it? I've got nothing against yeah. the actress or anything. It's just, it, it's like... She's just a bit too OP. It's just, it came... It, it kind of felt segued yeah. in at the very last minute to tie into Avengers didn't it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like she the part was acted well and it felt like they rushed everything. they almost rushed the the whole the, the concept behind it and the, the the introduction as an origin story it felt like it could have it should have probably come a lot earlier and it feels like they were like oh shit we've got this big character now we've got to insert her in somewhere yeah. and it's not to say that Marvel hasn't done a good job with female superheroes like we have a lot of like you think like Gamora oh, you think of Wakanda anyone yeah any, any of the women again, in Wakanda no, but no no, no leading cast. ladies yeah 
still waiting for the Black Widow. I, well. I wonder. I wonder. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Actually, that might. Fingers crossed. That might be the one, Maybe, guys. Yeah. Um, but I often wonder how much of that trouble that Hollywood has had with female superheroes stems from the early noughties when films like Catwoman came out, when films like Electra came out. And then Hollywood was like, well, this is clearly toxic. Like, this is a poisonous property. We can't do this anymore. We can't put female uh, actresses in, in leading roles anymore for these kind of properties, which it's it's a shocking kind of thing to think about, but it probably is, is some contributing factors anyway. Mm-hmm. It's really notorious as well for the 2004 Razzie Award acceptance speech, <laughs> which I think we're all really excited to see. I've seen it before. Um a very kind of infamous moment where Halle Berry showed up with her Oscar from the year previous. Um, she won it for Monsters Ball, which is a film, a film I've not seen, but I'm probably going to hopefully get on it at some point. She's one of six actors slash actresses to have a Razzie and an Oscar, I believe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, she did the whole hilariously, like, floods of tears kind of Oscar acceptance speech at the Razzies as well. I think she was like, you hate me, you really like, hate thank me. Thank you, Warner Brothers, for putting me in this piece, piece of, of shit, shit yeah. movie. I've not actually seen this, so... I I think what I want to do with you guys, if it's okay with you, if we can pop it on, it's only a couple of minutes long. We'll have a little watch of the acceptance speech. So if you guys want to pause the podcast now, have a little look at the acceptance speech and get back to us. It'll be about two minutes, guys. So we'll see you then. Ladies and gentlemen, Halle Berry. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much. (laughs) I never in my life thought I would be up here. Aspired to be. <laughs> that was a classy move. What a legend! Like we need to protect Halle Berry at all costs. She seems like the nicest fucking person. Who again, just very humble in her responses. No, Hannah, we're not back on. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing? What do you think is happening? What do you think is going on right now? <laughs> Hannah's just woken up from a nap. <laughs> So yeah, we just got back from watching the Razzie acceptance speech. Halle Berry is a fucking delight, from what I can tell. Oh, mm-hmm. she's that seems so sweet. What a class act. She's like she's just got such a good sense of humor about this. Like I think you do see a lot of actors who have these really bad experiences and are in these really bad movies. They kind of want to brush it under the rug, but the fact that she had the balls to say it right after she won her Oscar, I'm here and I'm going to accept this fucking this Razzie Award as well. Can you ever imagine Tom Cruise doing something like that? No, because you think most actors haven't got that level of humbleness and that level of kind of self-awareness to actually like, look at Rami Malek. Yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Uh, uh, Rami Malek. anecdote. Yeah, there's this recent thing that came out. Rami Malek, uh, one, of, uh, one of his old castmates, Rachel Bilson, she was in the OC. She played Summer in the OC. Oh, yeah. She came out and put a image of her and Rami Malek on Instagram from when they were like teenagers back in New York. And it was, I don't know, I would say it's not an unflattering picture of him, but it was like a cute little picture of him. And basically he DM'd her basically, not saying hi, not saying, oh, how have you been? It's been years. Just saying, can you please remove that? And that was all he said to her. She had to take it down and then he's just not responding to any of her messages. She sent like a lovely message afterwards saying, I'm so sorry for doing this, blah, 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 blah. Uh, yeah, he's just not responded. Apparently oh, he's a bit a of a self-entitled thing. dickhead apparently from what oh, I can tell. Oh, that's a shame. I like Yeah, he's a good actor. But, many things. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have Halle Berry who's yeah. up there getting the Razzie giving the hilarious speech. I love the fact that she stage. thanked Warner Brothers. She's like, let's, let's be honest where the real blame is here. The idiots at Warner Brothers who this was a good fucking idea. <laughs> Good for her. Just, let get a yeah. It's a bit of a reality check, isn't That's it? it. You know, you're rich. You're beautiful. Yeah. Oh no! You the last thing you did wasn't very good. Like fuck, fucking just Pick yourself get up it. and keep like, going. Yeah. That's it. So fuck everyone. Mm-hmm. From, everyone does bum things or yeah. makes bad decisions or is just part of something that doesn't isn't successful. 
so fuck get yeah. on with your life just take it on take it on the chin and crack on if this, pod- good egg. if this podcast is proof of anything is that there will be a group of four nerds who one day look back <laughs> at their performance and idolise it appreciate it and talk about it for a full hour so you know that's something right while we're doing this for an hour I never agree to this <laughs> and he's left there is that level of humbleness that isn't portrayed in a lot of actors at the minute and it's nice to see someone who is kind of self-aware and can poke fun at themselves in a way it just makes us seem more down to earth doesn't it you can just relate to someone a bit more That's like it, that yeah, yeah. That's so yeah relatable. you can definitely relate to coming second in a Miss America <laughs> <laughs> so relatable Why no, but so relatable it makes him you know the she, she's a human being she's a yeah. Yeah. She's so else grounded. I've noticed every actor's parents like they grew up with proverbs the, oh, the parents always used yeah. to say something didn't they very specific to them my parents didn't give me shit like that oh no <laughs> I mean this is why I fail <laughs> The movie was a box office flop, we will say. Like, it wasn't one of the worst. It's never going to go down in history as one of the worst box office flops of all time. On a million, a hundred million dollar budget, it made 82 back. You're looking at about breaking even, maybe once you factor in advertising and once you factor in Blu ray sales. It, it definitely was enough to kill any potential future franchises dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Well, you say that, but Batman Begins came out the year after. But then again, yeah. same. It, thing but then again as I said like as Gotham really mentioned in this it's trying to distance itself quite a lot it's I think tries it? to be its own IP in yeah. many ways it totally does away from all of the comic book stuff and tries to go on its own path and it didn't work well, and then they go back to the classic male driven protagonist <laughs> versus male villain well, and suddenly that's a, a, a monstrous success that's an interesting point you bring up there Jack because also the, the villain in this Sharon Stone is a female as well so it has got this like mm-hmm. not only is it a female led superhero film but it's also the female villain in, in the superhero as well so th- there's very few I know the only male role is the boyfriend from what I can remember there's like obviously the few side roles but the only big role is the boyfriend who I don't really think gets a, a look in either way which you know what? It's a ballsy move to cast two women as the leads, especially in 2004 when that wasn't really heard of, especially not in a massive multi-million dollar superhero film. But you're right. Who was this catering towards? You take out the elements of Gotham. You take out Selina Kyle. You've already immediately alienated most of your comic book fans straight away. I mean, it did win. It actually won um, an award at the Nickelodeon something or other. So I think it was just kids. Kids' Choice Awards. Yeah, yeah essentially. And well, that's. I remember a fucking bondage out. <laughs> oh god it's just such a misguided it clearly was very misguided I project. remember that she plays basketball but there's a whole basketball we, scene right, in this gonna, the basketball scene is the scene I know I'm really excited for Jack to see because he's never even seen it but there is a f- extended it's like, I feel like it's probably like three minutes it's, long it's three minutes. it feels about 20 minutes long of them playing basketball and she's showing off all of her new powers I don't want to ruin too much we'll get into that and that'll be a part for part two if you guys are ready we could put the trailer on which and trailer the, the, so there's two trailers they put the first trailer out okay and then it got critically panned oh, shit, they okay. quickly brought it back and released another one that had no dialogue in doesn't make the film any better no. tweaking the trailer but okay it just tricks people into let's watching watch the bad one. let's keep in theme with the podcast and watch the shit one let's do it right guys we will see you in about three minutes after we do some trailer watching bye
We have just come back from watching both versions of the trailers. And the, the first trailer did not <laughs> land on its feet. You literally, one trailer is about two minutes long. It has all the dialogue in. It has a very kind of a semblance of a narrative and a semblance of actually what's going to happen in the film. And the second one and is yeah, just still colors. very jumpy. Yeah, and the second one is just colors and images and noise. And it's like, <laughs> that one is a lot kick, better. Kick, punch, <laughs> jump. Halle Berry, kick, drop, punch, jump, whip. Done, done. But if you'd have showed me just the first one, I'd never seen the movie. I would have been a bit like, okay, yeah, fair enough. Let's give it a watch. Bit of an action thing. Let's see what it goes. The I first think, one. Yeah. Me. Yeah. It's very off-putting. It has that trope, one of my favourite fucking superhero tropes of the nerdy, dishevelled, like, <laughs> she's so nerdy poison that she doesn't know how, yeah, the Poison Ivy and the, um, I think Wonder Woman 1984 or whatever it's fucking called did it with uh, Christian Wiig's character. Oh, that, yeah. like, nerdy she, yeah. scientist who can't even, she's so nerdy she can't even brush her hair and it's like, Bitch, like, use a comb, like, come on. <laughs> How do I use a high heel? Yeah, it's it's that trope of this woman is so incapable of being a human who needs a new, a chance again to be a fucking badass bitch. And it's just such a, mis- it's a misinterpretation of, I think, I mean, Hannah, you're the, you're the resident female here. No, I'm not. I'm, I I'm, hate this. <laughs> you're the re- I'm, I'm, I'm saying, like, as a, as a young girl, when this came out, would you have wanted to watch a, fe- a, a, a female-led superhero film in which it was like this nerdy girl who's transformed into this sexy badass bitch. Was that something that's appealed to you? I think it. I think to be honest, it was a nineties thing. To be honest, because you've you've got things like um, Princess she's all, Diaries, she's all that, or like she's that, all yeah. that, or Legally Blonde, or yeah. all these things where it was women who were at first ditzy, or they were too nerdy to be anything else, and they broke out of the shell and became yeah. something else. And I think that was probably because women were at that point starting to gain some gravitas, but they just took it in. The wrong direction. It's such right? a wrong... Yeah. Then why have we just done it again? Yeah. Well, it, mm. It's a bit of a superhero trope in general, though. It's not necessarily always women. Spider-Man's a dorky... Yeah, lady, that's Peter true. Parker, I guess. Gets bit by yeah. a spider. Batman's Captain America is oh, the, the weakling, dorky, yeah. weedy guy who goes under the... Like, uh, gets experimented on. Then you've you got know. range. You've got Tony Stark, um, Doctor oh, Strange. I just hate... I hate how females... It's always, it always seems to revolve around their appearance. It's always like, mm-hmm. this woman is... Uh, this woman's down on a look. She and wears can, baggy yeah, jumpers. You can Her tell. skirts don't match. You, is she wearing pantyhose? That's a baby. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell she's not very good at whatever she does because she looks like she's not good. She's she again. She doesn't dress very well. And then when they transform her, the transformation is: look at her now. She's yeah. got a brand new haircut. She's Literally, got a sexy bondage outfit. Yeah. In Wonder Woman, there's a scene where she tries to walk in a high heel, and it's like she nearly snaps her ankle, and it's like obviously uh, yeah fair enough in 2004 when this was quite new I might let you off with this being a trope but in 2021 there is no reason this should still oh, be you a say this, I think Hollywood's just vain and vapid generally I think we're I do agree it's more skewed towards yeah. women in particular but you say it like things have changed and everyone's so woke now like fast, <laughs> fast forward in Avengers let's laugh at him because he's lost some weight yeah. because he's depressed now it's a really good point because he's, yeah. he's given because mm-hmm. he's really struggling with his mental you know it's it, it wants you to laugh of it, but it wants you to feel sorry for him at the same time. And yeah. there's that weird duality of, like, looks are still everything. Yeah, Robert you know? Down, uh, Robert Down Jr. couldn't be short. He had to wear wedges to make him the same size as other people. Yeah. They, couldn't, they couldn't allow us to be well, short. that's it, isn't it? You know, it, it's still all incredibly it's project, vapid yeah. and vain, whatever way you look at it. And yeah, women too tend to get it worse, but... Is it not just because filmmakers in general are just, it's all about the looks and, you know what I mean? The thing, I get it. Like, most projects That's are... That's changed. Yeah, most projects are just vanity projects and that. And I think this especially you can see. I wonder how much of this, because Barry before this was doing a lot of action roles in, in James Bond, and I wonder if this was kind of her... Ty- this was her attempt to cement herself as an action hero. Um, <laughs> obviously didn't go great for her, but... 
you know, it's it looks and it, this is the thing. Like, it's not one of those ones where I'm dreading watching it because it's going to be dull. I can prom- probably promise all of you right now, it's going to be at least an entertaining ride. Yeah, I think it's the whole thing with this film in particular is vapid anyway, and we'll get yeah. into that when we come back to it. But the whole storyline is the just around, like beauty products. Essentially, yeah, yeah. beauty products are like Make slowly killing people, and the okay. woman who the, the main evil is basically just pissed off that she turned forty. Like that's essentially <laughs> the entire plot. That's basically so, isn't it? In a nutshell, it is. Like so, the whole thing is very vapid. But the like, main villain is Donatella Versace. <laughs> right, I think I'm ready to watch. Yeah, I'm I will, ready to watch I will it. give a credit oh, before we go. Most of the cats are real, so I, if anything, you get to see cats for a couple of hours. It's not terrible. Are they actually real? Because like, no, there's, there's some. Yeah, because she actually adopted Halle Berry adopted one afterwards. Something got leaked to say that this cat that she adopted was actually a Bengal tiger or some tiger, shit like yeah, this. Yeah. Me. So then some animal rights activists actually started sending Halle Berry a bunch of letters, letters, being like, "Oh, well, I don't, I didn't read them, but yeah." Um, she adopted a cat called Play-Doh, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, heard, some you, of them are real. But then again, some of them are also well, CGI. You heard it here. Halle Berry is actually Joe Exotic from Tiger King. <laughs> They said they only use CGI when they absolutely had to. There were 24 cats that they trained for this. Yeah. I mean, the main black cat, there's three cats that plays that one cat. Oh, oh you know really? what? Good for it's cats. three cats in a practical, pretending to be a cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At least this is going to be better than cats. Let's let, Yeah, let's put the movie on. Let's give we'll it a watch. It's going to be ever worse. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I mention the word cats, Jack's just hairs <laughs> spike just up. He starts hissing at me. <laughs> right, let's... It does, I just sound like... <laughs> Let's I'll put never it- forgive you for making it. <laughs> let's put it on. Let's watch some Catwoman, guys. We'll see you in about... Well, we'll see you in about a few minutes. And we'll see... Wait. <laughs> Wait, hold on. We'll see each other in about two hours. Yes. We're going to go watch a film. You should watch it with us. And once you do, come back and pop the rest of the podcast on. We'll We're just going to leave this dead air for two hours while we do it, because that's how it works, the bad taste buds we hope you have enjoyed not listening to liam for five seconds liam's dead liam is dead i'm greg <laughs> this is greg <laughs> greg's back right okay so. we're ready guess what guys it's overtime <laughs> i don't know why i said that like batman <laughs> i was meant in my head so we are just back from watching catwoman 2004 um it was a movie it was, it was a definitely movie. a movie legally it is a movie legally it can be defined as movie-esque but whether it's competent, it's definitely not competent. <laughs> What's initial reactions um, just around the room? I mean, it's entertaining. It's not one of these films you sit down and watch and you're like, oh, I wish it was over. It's more like this is fully inept. I can totally see why everyone thought this was a fucking train wreck because it is a fucking train wreck. I can't mm. believe it was only 2004 this came out. I know. Yeah, right. It feels so dated. Yeah, so dated. right. It might have been funny in the very early 90s or very late 80s. It might have got yeah. away with some of the jokes and some of the humour and some of the... 
things, but oh no. I think it, it, comparing it to anything we've watched in the past, I think it's probably easily compared to Dungeons and Dragons in that kind of, yeah, very kind of juvenile, early noughties, late nineties. Bad CGI. Stereotype humor as well, and the bad CGI and the, the abysmal soundtrack. But this one doesn't have the small budget to defend it, you know. At least Dungeons and, Dra- Dungeons Where and Dragons was. Where did that money go? I know, spat at the wall. Dungeons and Dragons was. Been fed. What? All the people who could have been fed. All the all that people. <laughs> that they bought. Uh, at least, d- at least the D and D film was quite low budget, and you can kind of excuse some of the PS2 yeah. graphic. Yeah. Batman Begins came out the year after this. Yeah. Just for a bit of context <laughs> and what a film could have been, you know. Yeah. Oh, fucking mental. Wasted opportunity. A lot of it is kind of a lot of what I take away from it. But entertaining train, train wreck, though. Uh, Ryan, Hannah, what, what are we thinking? I think I've seen more personality on a Barbie than a single character in this movie. <laughs> yeah. They're all yeah. wooden or it, plastic, even. It's stereotype cinema as well, isn't it? Like, there's not a single mm-hmm. character that's not a stereotype entirely. Uh, Hannah? The acting was bad. The music was ridiculously off-putting. Like, it just never... It never matched. It like, it just... At all... But I must admit, I laughed quite a lot yeah. throughout it. Yeah. I mean, I was laughing at it. Yeah. But oh, absolutely. Yeah. So what I was laughing. It's, it's, um, it's not what, like, like when we watched Wicker Man and we were like, oh, this is going to be hilarious. And then we were actually bored checking our mm-hmm. watches. Like, when is the funny stuff going to happen? It's not one of those situations. Like, this was genuinely quite funny all the way through. If you go into this wanting a serious Catwoman, I can understand why you came away disappointed. Oh, but if you... Serious Catwoman thing. Serious Catwoman, yeah. <laughs> But if you go into this wanting to just laugh at the failure that is playing out amongst your screen with some really cringy, hilariously cringy moments, then it... It, it, it delivers... Is there a single yeah. piece of good dialogue in the entire thing? Guess what? It's overtime. <laughs> Again. Yeah, the puns are Batman and Robin-esque. Yeah. They really are like going on the, the same, Freeze thing, aren't they? same ballpark as everything, like as that sort of yeah. cringy one-liner. Not as common, not as frequent. My but favorite, their entire personality is just, cats. Just a shit. My favorite moment was when you, Jack, specifically uh, the scene where she grabs that bad guy's tongue and what did she say? What did she say? Cat got your tongue. Yeah, just like, you literally I said called it. it. I've never seen this film before and I said it exactly at the same time as she did because it's that <laughs> fucking predictable. <laughs> Before we go any further, Hannah, do you want to give us a quick 30-second synopsis? Let's go. She's been practising. <laughs> if I can get a name so she's right, I'm going to give up, <laughs> Catwoman is the story of a shy, sensitive artist, Patience Phillips, hey, played you. by Halle Berry, a woman who can't seem to stop apologising for her own existence. She works as a graphic designer for Hedra Beauty, a mammoth cos- cosmetics company on the verge of releasing a revolutionary anti-aging product. When Patience inadvertently happens upon a dark secret her employer is hiding, she finds herself in the middle of a corporate conspiracy. What happens next? Changes her forever. Because she's a fucking cat. She does. She <laughs> not, does. Not that's only when she, she starts to live. Not only is she like it's not it's not a Peter Parker situation where she gets bitten by a radioactive spider and she has the power of of cats. She literally turns into a human cat. She like you compare to animals. It's more this thing like. On. The, the first kind of thing that happens is she, she her vision changes, her sm- sense of smell changes. She starts walking. She can't walk anywhere unless it's like a cat. Oh, see, it, like the cat nips, she rubs out in the face immediately. She sees a little critter crawling. She has to try and grab it with her hands. Yeah. And go through the mad fugue states as well. Let's, let's, let's rewind, though. We're, rewind. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Be kind, rewind. So it opens up with some tropey ancient Egyptian The tropiest thing. of tropes. 
For whereas, far too long. Yeah, it was a really long introduction. And it, normally you'd have like a bit of the film first and it just goes straight into the big credit sequence mm-hmm. where it's like ancient Egypt, you know, and cats have been here, cats have been there. Yeah, just through the ages. But we really didn't need that because they have an entire scene of cat women through the ages later yeah, on. Yeah, it makes it feel like every single powerful woman in the history of powerful women has been influenced by a cat and that's their entire reason <laughs> for being powerful women. It's like, oh, Marie Curie, she, she fucking cured cat. What did Marie Curie do? Cancer. She, cancer. Yeah, she fucking, cancer. she discovered cancer because a cat told her to. <laughs> <laughs> like it's like are you telling me that the only reason women I don't know I'm not a scientist what did Marie Curie do did she do some radiation or is that someone else like the underpinnings of radiation yeah, yeah. but it, it does it does this thing where it's like yeah every single powerful female in history there's always a cat by her side wink wink potential <laughs> is that the reason women are successful I don't know so what's the name of the director is it a Pitoff. Pitoff. Is that, is it, it's just, just Pitoff it's like Cher like, because <laughs> he thinks he's big enough to have a monitor. he thinks he's Beyonce apparently <laughs> yeah it is it's it's really uncomfortable montage which is like one of one of like several montages like it's it's the first montage but it's not the last montage of history of cats as if but again like it has like these weird moments where it's like random words pop up like mummy cats or uh, <laughs> uh, cats. The, the word egyptian is said far too often in this film but then there's actually not very much context given to it other than yeah egyptians liked cats Maybe. I mean, yeah. there's no context given to it at any point where any of these come from, really. This cat yeah. just mounts her like Pride Rock, breathes on her a bit, and <laughs> yeah. then she's... Yeah. Again, right, right before that... cats can see the future and knew she was going to die. Well, this is the thing, right? But so right before that, we open up on patient. She's completely inept at being a human. She doesn't know how to walk in a straight line without taking out several passerbys. <laughs> she doesn't know how to walk up a set of steps without falling over in most situations. She doesn't know how to dress herself like... Without being completely ridiculed by everyone, it's such great a makeup though. She's got great makeup, yeah. But you're right. Like this kind of leads to the whole like she's she's kind of portrayed as a bumbling buffoon in a lot of it. And it's like the, you're right. We don't have a strong female heroine. We have someone who has to get her strength from magic. Again, it's like this whole is this film inadvertently extremely sexist when it definitely tried to make a feminist because it is trying to make a feminist statement throughout it did well when, when she finds out that she's Catwoman they go into the whole history of how this this new person that you can become will be stronger and independent yeah. and it's all about sort of female power but it just in every other aspect of the movie it just defies that it's just because it's female power from the perspective you said this it's Jack, written by yeah. men it's written yeah. by men it's like and I was it's referring, fetishized yeah women can be powerful as long as they're sexy yeah you know yeah because that seems to be like See, yeah, package, it has to be a package deal. They can't be a, not attractive and powerful. Exactly. Yeah, Sharon competent. Stone, powerful, attractive, competent, like sexy supermodel for years. And that is the only way they not do women apparently in this apparently. film. Like but even they, the best friend, she gets with the the hot doctor at the end, doesn't she? You look back at like female mm-hmm. heroines throughout time, and you look back at the most iconic female heroines throughout time, and you think of people like Ellen Ripley, Sarah Connor. I was going to say like Joan of Arc. Well, yeah, Joan of Arc. real, you know? <laughs> You're going a little bit further back than, yeah, the 80s. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. That's fine. History happened, I guess. Um, but you're right, these people are usually, uh, they're, not, they're, not, they're not overtly sexualized. Like Sarah Connor and Ellen Ripley are not. There is that one scene in the, in the first Alien in the end where she is sexualized. Yeah, it looks like she's like wanging off in it. Yeah, but most of the time they're not. Their, their power doesn't come from the way they look. It comes from their actions and it comes from their decisions. This is the complete reverse. Mm-hmm. All of her quote-unquote power comes from how she dresses, which is this ugly-ass bondage, PG-13 level bondage, because it is. It's like a PG-13 movie. It's like, what can we get away with that's not going to get us a 15 rating? 
It's like in the can, can we, how can we sexualize her the most as possible in that space? In the actual movie, she gets a leather outfit given to her by a friend and then decides to shred it up and it looks like a 13-year-old boy did it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, booby bra, let's have a look at that. Let's get those butt cheeks uh, scratched and ripped so we can see through. Fantastic. 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 One of the first things they teach you in like media studies, like basic A-level media studies, is this concept of the male gaze, that everything is projected from the perspective of male fantasy and what men want to see, quote-unquote, what men want to see. And for a lot of the time, people have tried to like, dismiss that theory as like, oh, is that actually how films are constructed? Yeah, pretty much. Watching this, absolutely. <laughs> yes. yeah. like, if, anything is gonna, if anything is going to confirm the male gaze theory, it's fucking Catwoman 2004. Jesus Christ. Let's talk a little bit about Halle Berry's performance in this, because I actually think she's giving it her all at least she's kind of fun I don't I don't want to go on record to say she's good well I know she's not a bad actress yeah. she's not yeah it's extreme characterization. like right you have to be this bumbling nerd who can't do anything and then you need to flip to Catwoman who is all about cats and super does what she wants yeah absolutely it's not necessarily her performance it's the material she's given I think and it's very jarring like again the, the kind of fugue state thing where yeah. she keeps flipping between having a shit together and knowing what's <laughs> up and just being completely fucking delirious and not having any idea yeah. what day of the week it is. You get this half-ass explanation so for it. And it's, it. It's just jarring is the only word I can think of to I describe think, it. I think you're right because it does. the film doesn't really explain why she's going through these states. The more you accept yourself, the more of the cat you become and your mind will probably get put back together again but until then you'll be a psycho. And what infuriated <laughs> me as well, she, you know, she got her, her senses back together or yep. whatever. And the first thing she didn't do was rush to say, mate, you're smearing poison on your face. That's why you're in a fucking <laughs> Yeah, she gave no fuck. Priorities. So she went and broke into a few places and did a bit of this first. And then she went, oh yeah, don't put that on your face at the end of the conversation. Put it in the bin right next to her where she could just pick it back up and put it back in her face if she was that addicted to it, which That's it seems it. to be. That's it. So yeah, right before this, so yeah, she, obviously she's bumbling idiot. She's not capable of walking in a straight line. And then we flip to her uncovering the secrets behind her evil corporation, is it the Hedare Beauty Corporation, whatever it's called. Um, she kind of stumbles upon something she shouldn't. She's shunted out of a fucking uh, water maid into the ocean. And basically she dies. She does die. She, she, dies. she gets hey. killed. Um, and then one of the most awesomely bad scenes in <laughs> film history happen where the cats all... CGI cats. CGI A CGI cats. cat breathes on her and she's resurrected... Oh, it's just so... As a cat woman. As a cat woman. As yeah, a cat woman. <laughs> Not, when you say it out loud, really plain English, it sounds even stupider than it is on the film. It is, you're right, this level... So like Batman Begins came out one year later, and the level of CGI that's here comparable to Batman Begins, for example, is just embarrassing. It's, it is, it's, it's textures that just don't look real, they look rubbery. You're looking at, like, fur textures on a cat, and yet the cat looks rubbery almost and, and elastic. And so many CGI cityscapes as well. Yeah, yeah. for no like, reason. What's the point? Just fucking... Film a city. <laughs> exactly. Go to a city. But if you think about it, the Chamber of Secrets came out two years before this film. Yeah, and that CGI was there. Like yeah. you could have something better than what what that was. But yeah. I think you're wondering because again, ten million dollar budget. They want hundred. Oh, sorry, a hundred million dollar budget. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Why couldn't they have just filmed some competently well, like choreographed? Like the cinematography is just non-existent. Yeah, the there's no there's not even enough like CGI to say all oh, the budget went there, like Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing it could have been you could have played me scenes from this film and you could have told me it was from a PS2 cutscene and I would have believed you wholeheartedly if they took out all of the sweeping shitty CGI city scenes that mm, they did terrible. right I honestly think that the film <laughs> would be 10 minutes shorter yeah, absolutely 
And, Absolutely. And th- it's not even like when you were in Batman and Robin and they went through the city and it was like so Epic. much so yeah, that you could, yeah. yeah, there was a conversation. It was just I think they do dull. this thing because there are a few buildings that look slightly weird. Obviously, the Hedair Beauty building looks kind of funky and it looks has this weird little architectural shape, but the rest of the city doesn't. And you there mean are... it was in the shape of a H? Yes. <laughs> do you know how hard it is to make things in the shape of a H, Hannah? It's you like, should know you're called Hannah. It's just three straight lines. <laughs> but you're right, like, they could have just used an actual... It wasn't like Gotham where they're trying to characterise the city. It's not like this This city has any character to it. Batman and Robin was so much better than it. Oh, absolutely. It, it, it knew what it was. It was like, again, like, the, the Gotham world... It, there was, it was consistent with its theme. Yeah. It was consistent. It had a, with its tone it, as well. It, it had a... Yeah, I, the only thing I could argue about is the jarringness between, like, the Alfred and Bruce yeah. scenes versus the rest of the film with Batman and Robin. But this is just totally all over the place. It's got no real art direction. No. I still don't understand why they didn't shoehorn it into the Batman universe and just do, like, a Selina Kyle origin story because people would have probably gone to see it more. It would have gained more traction amongst It's almost like a blessing in disguise that they, that they didn't, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, they least... might have actually had some good source material to use rather Maybe. than have to make up some bullshit. But you this think isn't about based poison. in that universe or anything at all, is it? There's, there's no... Well, there's no, there's no, no Michelle, there's even Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Well, yeah. So, As so, a past Catwoman. So, so, bar one photograph of Michelle, it's got not, and the fact that she's called Catwoman. Yeah, bar um, that photo, it's got. Oh, bar that. Room. But presumably from that photo, Michelle for Pfeiffer had <laughs> the Catwoman powers as well, and she wasn't just. The cat, uh, that's a canny assumption, the, uh, rather than just a nod to the previous film. The Catwoman extended universe. Michelle Pfeiffer and Halle Berry. all the Catwoman through history, Michelle Pfeiffer on the floor. I do like that. That was a pretty cute Easter egg. I quite liked it. It was was clearly just a nod to the older films. But you're right, right, Jack. If they're not going to bother setting it in Gotham or have any characters from the Batman universe, why why fucking bother? Yeah, Yeah. why bother? Someone thought Halle Berry would look Good in a cat It's pretty much entirely what it is. So yeah, we we kind of, she gets her powers. She doesn't know how to use them. She's completely fucking useless from the cat. And who told her how to use her powers? The cat. She just sort of figured it out. Yeah, she no, a woman called Ophelia. Ophelia. Powers. Powers. Oh, Ophelia. But we're going to get on Ophelia, are we? Okay. Powers. This kooky cat lady. She's literally she's portrayed as the cat lady. She lives in a one-story kind of little cute little uh, cottage thing, surrounded by like apartment yeah. complexes. So she's, you said it was like the house from Up. It was like <laughs> she's clearly been, been fighting off fucking real estate agents for like that property for years. And you're right. She goes to her. Cats everywhere. The, the, the cat's got, was it Shadow the Cat or was it Midnight? Midnight, sorry. Midnight the cat is the one that resurrected her, and this cat apparently has lived forever because she's like, she sees one photo of the cat. It's Bass Messenger. From like ancient Egyptian times, and she's like, it's. it's yeah, it was drawn as well, hieroglyphic drawn of a cat. Midnight. It's midnight. Um, yeah, she runs into her kind of sexy side piece, played by Benjamin Brad. Did anyone get the guy's name? I can't remember his name, the officer. Oh. Something lone. Officer Bland. Officer Lone. Tom. 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 Because okay, you were laughing at the name A-Lone or... But like, yeah. No, I thought his name was going to be like Anthony or something. So it could be like dot, you know, so alone. A-Dot-Lone, you know? <laughs> and he's got about as much personality as a fucking toilet brush. Like, there's nothing really there, is there at all? There's Yeah, there's no sort of character development or anything. No. He's literally just there to fill a role and that's the romance. But I was saying, like the, again, positive elements to this. I, wonder, I often wonder whether or not there were good intentions here because we have two main characters who are both people of colour in a time where that was very, very... And even now, that's still unheard of, but in a time where that was extremely unheard of. It's just a shame it's in such a shitty film. <laughs> 
I wouldn't say it was unheard of in 2004, but it's still, it's still like positive. In a big Obviously, superhero film. Yeah. yeah, it's still massively positive to yeah. not see just white men on films. Yeah. But Speaking of white men, can we talk a little bit about Lambert Wilson as George Hedder, the husband? <laughs> that made me sad. I remember watching The Matrix Reloaded, and I had such a crush on them when I was little. He, I remember seeing this, and it was like, oh, you're I not I kind of I forgot his character even existed. Like, in having not watched this, I thought Sharon Stone was the main villain, and she is the main villain, but he's he's kind of played up as the fake villain for he's 90% in it of the probably film. probably as much as Sharon, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Until totally forgettable. He, plays he was at, awful. He plays it at 11, but it just doesn't, unlike Arnie, who plays it at 11, it kind of, whereas Arnie lands in camp, he lands in cringe, and it's just every yeah. time he's on the screen, you're like, nah, don't want this, need you to leave. It's like a 80s, 90s sitcom where the husband and wife bicker with each other. Yeah. It's like, George, you wouldn't know how to please a woman if it hit you over the head. Well, I think that's the thing. I think what this film does unsuccessfully, whereas Batman and Robin did successfully, is Batman and Robin understood what camp was and understood how to give us that camp and that flair and that 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 kind of... I don't want to say kooky, but it's like that, that very garish but in a fun way. This is garish and ugly and, and cringy rather than camp. I think a lot of the tones are muted as well. Like yeah. Otherwise, no quite color dark in it, night really. when it's Catwoman. During the day, it's all right. But the carnival, that's got some colours on it. Even that, though. Even <laughs> that. It's just the ugliest fucking thing. I do kind of want to talk about... So, obviously, we have the, the husband, uh, Lambert Wilson, but the main villain, the real villain, the, the twist villain, if Ugh. you will, uh, Sharon Stone. It's not a twist for us, though, because we know from the beginning... We know from just her maniacal like looks around the room and the fact, the fact that she cannot walk faster than a mile per hour. Yeah, and just again, just another another nail in the coffin of this film is definitely rather more sexist than it is feminist. Is the fact that she is just, her entire what is her entire reason for being evil? So is the new girl taking over yep. as the model agency's face. Uh, she's the new light uh, face of. Bulene, and she's pissed off because she's getting old, and she's now forty, and her husband wants to fuck people. So Gina Gershon. Pretty much, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but oh no, she was she took it like a champ towards the end. <laughs> she understood her. No, but she understood again. her place. <laughs> <laughs> again, it's just the men writing women that I'm getting old and I'm being replaced by a younger model and now my life is fruitless, so I'm just gonna go crackers. Yeah. Can we can we please watch a film that's been directed by a woman well, at this some is it. point? Apparently women have directed pretty good films because I can't I can't apparently. Think of, <laughs> apparently. So I'm told by my female friends. Well done, women. <laughs> good on you. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, I mean, her performance in general, I've not seen a film with Sharon Stone in that I've enjoyed, like, Basic Instinct's a piece of trash. That's pretty much my only frame of reference for her as an actress. She just looked bored. She looked yeah. bored, disinterested. Collecting and it, a paycheck. it was a paycheck, yeah, and that was it. And she just gave nothing to it. Like, when Halle Berry's <laughs> slapping her, or well, rather, sorry, when Halle Berry's drop kicking her in the face, it's yeah. it's like someone's just giving her a little tap. And well, she's skin's, made a, yeah. skin's made a stone dummy. It's yeah. a yeah. living marble. Living marble. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right, like, it does feel like she's not really invested in the movie. She kind of knows it's a piece of shit. Whereas at least Halle Berry feels like, I do feel like genuinely she thought she might have been making something here that yeah, was genuine. Yeah, but she genuine. hissed Man, like that takes oh, all of the cat mannerisms are so ridiculously off-putting. Like the scenes where yeah, she walks past two dogs and the dogs start barking at her and she's like, <laughs> and her friend's just like, that's perfectly normal behaviour. No, so cringe. Not as cringe as the basketball scene though. Oh, we need to talk about the basketball that, scene. Honestly, I nearly died of embarrassment. Like literally died of embarrassment. It was the most horrific thing. I uh, think, yeah. I think it might genuinely be the worst filmed scene of any movie I have ever seen. It's it's right up there next to 
Spider-Man 3. Oh, don't you don't you It's next to the Tobey Maguire no. strut. No, evil strut down the street. It's no, because we're going to fall out here. I actually think that's a genius. Right, that's not the point, though, Liam. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get really off topic. I'll, I'll really quickly, that scene's genius, and it's genius for many reasons, and I'm not going into it right now. <laughs> but yeah, the basketball scene... What, what? You're just staring at me like you want me to go into why this scene is genius. I'm confused. Oh, it's because Peter Parker's so good in, that that's the worst he can in be. Spider -Man 3, having an emo haircut in Spider Man 3, walking down the they street. do this thing where they try and villainize Peter Parker because of the symbiote suit. And yeah, Peter Parker is the biggest dork in the world. So yeah, his version of evil is going to be the super lame version of evil. Evil. It's going to be the super emo dickhead. But does that make any less cringe? No, because but in the exact same in the exact same universe. I love how we're now talking about Spider Man 3. <laughs> on, another, on, another, on another note, Liam West. Sam Raimi pajamas for bed. I love him. <laughs> I honestly do. I actually am the biggest Sam Raimi fanboy in the world, and I, anything he does is perfect. And I will not have any any bad mouth against Raimi. But this basketball scene is it, it encompasses everything that's wrong with the way this film is directed because it's those nauseating jump cuts, those epileptic fit level oh. editing, and the music that accompanies it. It does feel like you're have you, you're gonna get a migraine just it watching is, it. It's scandalous by Mystique, and but that's like the theme throughout the whole thing. It's just R and B throwbacks, yeah. but R and B throwbacks to women, yeah, yeah. female vocals, all female vocalists, but they just don't use them in in no. any good. It just doesn't. None of it feels appropriate. I'm not against that kind of music at all. I used to like it when I was a kid. But like, it feels like they're ticking a box to say we've got all like every yeah. kind of vocal track as a female pop. Yeah, it's almost like the director fucking patting himself on the back for doing a really good job for yeah. feminists, isn't it? Again, uh -huh. that's yeah. fine if you make the soundtrack fit the scenes that you're doing because you didn't make any sense to what was happening. It felt mandatory rather than like, oh, I bet you know what'd be good here. The scandalous by fucking <laughs> you know mystique <laughs> or something. And all it is is her basically dry humping the bloody police officer in front of a yeah. hundred kids. Again, like, and all just... the kids cheering <laughs> on. Yeah. And he just flashes his abs for no reason other than be like, hey, it I've got lends to this extremely <laughs> uncomfortable. You're at uncomfortable level of sexualization in what is essentially a PG thirteen movie. Mm -hmm. Like they knew they couldn't get anything above PG thirteen, which they wouldn't want to anyway. But they're like, well, let's push the boat out. Let's make this extremely fucking uncomfortable for everyone watching it. Like even when later on in the movie she like breaks out of prison and she lands after like jumping out of a three story building, she lands and then. A, a fucking Mercedes or it was a Jaguar sorry because of mm -hmm. course cats yep a Jaguar like boops her on the butt and it's just like <laughs> why <laughs> so she can steal a car so she can then steal a car because she is a bit of a menace like I get well, that kind of before it yeah. was just like oh like, she belongs in prison no it was just like a, <laughs> no it was more of a like kind of down with the patriarchy when the guy stopped basically said are you alright and she just fucking floors him and steals his car yeah, like I did nothing wrong <laughs> I always land on my feet did <laughs> she like... think she's a good person she didn't tell her best friend about a cream that was going to be killing her yeah. like... like a selfish kind of like you do what you want to do your inhibitions go and you she's just live free like cash aloof <laughs> That's, I think, the biggest disconnect for me is is that as an element. Like, Car Catwoman as a character is meant to be that anti-hero. And I get if that's the angle they were trying to go for. But it's not anti-hero. It's just selfish, selfish fucking idiot, really. Like, the first things she does with her power is she breaks up a party. She just Oh, don't get me started on the party. Do you want to talk about the party? <laughs> oh, no, because there's so many continuity errors. But that one was like... It does lend itself it, that to That one hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah. Go on, explain what the kind of new era was, yeah. So at the start, she's like, oh, on the balcony, like, going to fall off, and it's like a really high jump from her apartment. And she keeps looking over at the apartment opposite hers, which is, like, having a, a, a mad raging party. And then when she gets her cat power, she goes to, like, break up the party, which is suddenly on the ground floor. And she kicks <laughs> in the door, and it's just, like, in, into a back alley and stuff. And you, I'm going... Did no one give a shit, or did like yeah. did no someone notice that there's a hundred million pounds getting chucked at this film? Did no one bother? Was it any worse than teleporter? Oh, the <laughs> teleporting scene. 
<laughs> we had to rewind this actually just so that like me and Jack could like rewatch <laughs> it. It doesn't even try to explain itself. It's not no. like they suddenly cut to the Well, like, no, because then they do the a span, don't they? They do a span of the two, yeah, the two corridors in, almost to prove that she couldn't do what she just did. And she's in the hallway trying to escape from prison and while she's making the escape, she comes down one hallway, hides against the wall, two policemen round the corner. All of a sudden, a head pops out from around the corner they were behind and she's like completely phased <laughs> through the wall. It's like no one making it gave a shit. Literally, it? it is. It's like a case of, you're right, You the, the amount of money that was spent on this project, you think someone would have went through it and edited it? Well, I don't know who blame more, the director, the editor, or the writers. Oh, None I think of it it's was all good. It's, a, it's a big mix of you all three. You know what? No, editing, I was nauseated by all the scenes. It kept cutting randomly. There was one scene where Catwoman was about to attack someone, but they were already mid-fight. The fight scenes it, were atrocious. It jumped really the, between atrocious. their faces four times, but neither of them moved. It was completely <laughs> unreasonable. You're right. It's, it's, All the city flashing scenes. I felt yeah. sick. It's a completely soulless amalgamation of quick edits, computer images that are just like Scorpion King level bad. Those swooping camera angles. The Was ones the that like ever still. No, like, did it ever just nauseating, stop? nauseating dolly shots. Like honestly, it's just so. It's it's a. It's an off-putting film to actually experience. And yet, at the same time, it's really funny. Which is, it lands in this weird place where I kind of want to hate it. But I also couldn't help myself but like it. The funniest part, I think, for me, Anna, maybe for a couple of you as well, is when she's got Sharon Stone's character's phone underneath the bed. <gasps> oh, and she man. picks up the Nokia from a brick phone. And then this imagery of Sharon Stone's character just comes on, turns around like the evil maniacal person from, in like a chair on like a... I've been waiting for you. What's your chair? It's like, I've been it's me. It's me. <laughs> and I'm like... First of all, did you like set that up on like a like a stand or something? Did you do this on purpose? What the fuck? Yeah. It can't, it's not even like it could have been a video call because then she puts it next to her. Yeah, right? it's so. Like, I'm just... And she's ringing her own phone. It's not like she has that set up, does she? Like, <laughs> no, honestly. Egotist, are you? You're right. Even as an action film, it completely misses the mark. Not one out of the action films are interestingly choreographed, mm-hmm. interesting, interestingly staged. Most of them happen in warehouses or behind like stages. Like there's grey backdrop for a fight, and there's we don't really get to explore any of what this city is actually about or what these characters are actually about. They don't, like, cater the, the scenes to her abilities, really. The only one that I think they kind of do is the Ferris wheel scene, which yeah. at least gets to, to her to explore her abilities a little bit more with, with the You don't get to see her do it, though. Well, you already yeah. know she can scale buildings because well, in the first nice bank robbery, it, she just it? runs around the ceiling for a bit, doesn't she? She's I do like... love that. When she, like, yeah, she stops a bank robbery <laughs> that steals the jewels, <laughs> then returns the jewels... With cupcakes. With cupcakes. She kept some of the jewels. This is the problem. one of the problems. Like, if you have Catwoman who's a jewel thief, she's a jewel thief. That's what she wants to do. She knows who she is. This Catwoman's like, oh, no, I'm a good person, but I'm going to keep committing crimes because I'm also independent. Yeah. And that's not a, like, oh, this is who I really am. This is a, yeah, this is a badass side that just does what she wants. Yeah. But she's trying to claim to be good like and be on the right side of the police like I don't belong in prison I didn't kill anybody yeah. it's like yeah but you, you stole a motorbike you, you've been attacking people you've been doing random shit you stole a car you belong in jail you're not a good person it's the, the, it's the tone the problem is the tone the problem is the filmmakers clearly didn't know what angle they wanted to go for did they want this as a badass anti-villain or do they want her to be a Batman-esque 
I think they just trying to hedge their bets by yeah. just trying to cover as many bases as possible and not really touching any of them as yeah. a result. She's a know. hero, but she's not. She commits crimes, but also she's working with the police, but also she gets arrested. I do. They were, but again, and again, this leads to my, my kind of, I can't hate this film because there are so many brilliant scenes. Like, let's talk about our favourite scenes for a little bit. Unless anyone has any more topics they want to discuss before we get on to favourite scenes. Shoot. Favorite scenes? Who wants to go? I, I mean, if you want me to go first, I'll go first because my favorite scene is the way she orders that drink from the bar. <laughs> she's like, she's like stalking one of the guys who's uh, responsible for her, for her death, quote unquote. And she goes to the bar and she orders a white Russian. Hold the Kahlua. Hold the vodka. So she's just ordering <laughs> a glass ice. of no fucking ice, no ice. So she's just ordering a fucking glass of cream. That's the level <laughs> of kind of cringy bullshit that this film pulls. I've got to admit, that's one of my favorites. That's actually my that, yeah. my quote because it's just ridiculous. But other than that, it would be what I've just said the Sharon Stone <laughs> the one with the phone the phone's brilliant because <laughs> it's just ridiculous I think my two is probably the bit in the bank where she fucking skateboards on a guy <laughs> oh, yeah. like I know what it's a, it's a superhero film you know the laws of yeah. physics are, are flexible but it was just like where did that come from like just, and yeah. I think my second one was she was talking about the poison face cream that's mm. making people sick and she said, I wouldn't cork a sink with it. Oh, God. This, I, this really affected you. I, I had you. to Google it to see if that was a phrase. Because <laughs> I wouldn't cork like, a sink with it. Obviously, I know what, like, sink cork is. They're, like, the filler stuff that you put around the sink and things. But, like, what? who fucking wrote that? You Did you say it's irrelevant to anything to do with makeup, cats? But you're right, the way she says it, it does sound like it's, like, a turn of phrase. Like, yeah, have you never heard anyone say that before? Because Catwoman definitely, like, looks like, you know, she's meant to be this clumsy idiot, but she knows knows the DIY terms as well, though. Absolutely. It's just so, again, just... Because feminism. I can't say the word jarring enough in this fucking thing. It's just so contradictory of itself. Ryan, favourite scene? I just like any scene where it, goes over the top with the cat things like when she wakes up oh no she's on the phone with a friend and there's like seven tins of tuna that she's just been picking through oh god that she's her meal for the day seven tins of tuna because that's another bit I don't think they ever balance right like and Jack you picked up on this quite early what part of her powers are inadvertently like she can't control them and what part is she totally in control of like they don't really ever explain why she's stealing things. I kind, yeah, I kind things. of feel like, like yeah. it's forced in like, um, oh, this is the part of your personality that you've been suppressing, so you will subconsciously live this, but then it doesn't actually seem to fit with who she wants to be. Yeah. It feels like the cats have forced her to start doing these mean things. You as the viewer want to know what the rules and limitations are of what this are thing, rules? aren't you? What? Yeah. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like though, uh, what's meant to be the defining scene is when Midnight joins her in the jail cell and then yeah. she managed to slink away out. That's when, that's the first time she properly acts like Catwoman yeah, sort of outside of, yeah, outside of the Catwoman outfit. Obviously not the very beginning, but she's still sort of figuring out what the hell's going on. But since she's found out she's Catwoman, that's the first time she acts like Catwoman outside of the Catwoman suit mm-hmm. and I think that's meant to be where she sort of realises the line between herself and Catwoman but again it's just shitly done yeah it's like the more you know about magic the more satisfying it is when they use magic to solve a problem but in this it was very much like oh you're in jail you you can't be caged you're a woman and then the cat comes in she's like yes that's me and then she can now squeeze through bars and it kind of comes out of left field because you don't know how these powers work. Mm. I also think they really missed the trick by not having a guard go to the jail cell and see, see the, the cat, cat there yeah. and just be like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? She <laughs> did my cash. I thought that would have... 
I yeah. all, almost expected it, having not I seen the I think I would have liked before. that scene, though, yeah. But then, obviously, it would have contradicted the no-one-knows-you've-left-your-cell sort of thing, which mm. is a whole alibi, but I thought that would have been a funny one, but no. It's a really unbalanced <laughs> film, I think, is the kind of... The, my, my final combination of thoughts is the fact that it's just massively unbalanced tonally. It doesn't really know where it wants to be, and it is filmed, directed, written, scored, uh, shot really badly, acted really badly, and yet it's still hilarious, so... It probably falls really close to that D&D camp for me, that film that, mm-hmm. yeah, everything about this is wrong, and yet it's fucking awesome because it's hilarious. <laughs> um, I'll kind of start with my final thoughts, if that's okay. It's a film trying to make a feminist allegory from the perspective of someone who doesn't understand feminism. It's it's a often extremely off-puttingly sexualized version of this character, and just an off-puttingly sexualized version of femininity in general. Again, put up, up for a Nickelodeon award. Yeah, right? Far too sexual <laughs> it, for that it, like, shit. It borders on, like, kink, and it borders on bondage wear. <laughs> it's just, it, it's, it's, it feels like an excuse to get Halle Berry into a skin-tight leather outfit. Yeah. And I feel like without those moments, because those moments never really lended to the comedy. Like, the comedy was always, like, intentionally like a funny line. It was never, oh, this is funny because she's wearing something skimpy. They were the bits that were really off-putting to me mm-hmm. it really falls in the middle of i kind of absolutely despise this but also found it hilarious so i don't know if i could ever give it a glowing recommendation i don't even think i would say to someone if you've never seen catwoman you need to see catwoman because it's hilarious this kind of falls closer to that maybe just seek out the funniest scenes watch the basketball scene yeah watch the i don't know the the, the awful fucking ferris wheel scene don't sit through it nah. don't do it <laughs> find yourself a compilation of puns and just watch that You'll be fine. Anyone uh, else want to go? Oh, sorry, I've got pins and needles. Um, yeah, I hate it. <laughs> um, but semi-entertaining just to sit and rip the piss out of it for an hour and 40 with you guys. But yeah. was it an hour and 40 I could have spent better? <laughs> there were better than Almost, best almost exclusively. Probably. Almost definitely, yeah. Yeah. The, you know, on the scale of like, Batman and Robin was still leagues funnier oh, yeah. and leagues oh, more entertaining than this. As I would argue is D&D, Showgirls. I'd say... It's not cats. It's watchable. I'd say it's on the yeah. May as well give it a watch sort of list, but pretty low on mm. that list. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I think I'm in the same place. Yeah, I'm yeah. desperate. I think between sort of like best worst and just worst worst, it falls more towards the worst worst. Yeah. But there are funny elements to it. There's there's again yeah. Just watch the highlight reels. Watch a couple of the times she hisses at dogs and people and <laughs> I found meows. Um, but yeah. I it's... found this more entertaining than Troll 2, personally, but I'm... See, that's blasphemy. Well, <laughs> I know you've got very Get strong out. feelings about Troll 2, but I just don't think it's very good, Liam. Get out. <laughs> and Ryan, final thoughts? I didn't like the direction. I didn't like the editing. I didn't like the set designs. I didn't like the CGI. I didn't like the costumes. Didn't like the narrative. Didn't like that... There were continuity errors all over the place. Didn't like that they had the scene at the beginning where she's running around late for work, etc. And then the next day she's wearing the same costumes and the extras have the same costumes. You're just going to go through the whole movie and tell us how you really feel. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of a scene that made me laugh. And I know the basketball court was really cringe, but I laughed because I was laughing at it with you guys. If it was me by myself, I would have probably just been like, what the fuck? If you're watching this film by yourself, you're a pervert. I'm gonna put that right out there, right now. Yeah, yeah. Get some, yeah. Like first step on, get some friends. Yeah, get some friends. Go outside. Mile online if you want to. Join a club. You know. Yeah. Read a book. Find some hobbies. You know. Join it. It was nice to see Halle Berry. It's been a while since I've seen her in something. She's a phenomenal actress, and she always will be. And again. Props to her for accepting the Arazi and props to her for having a good te- a good sense of humour about this film. Yeah. 
So I think that's, uh, unless you guys have anything else you want to comment on, I think that's a perfect place to end it. Ah. <laughs> yeah, and again, uh, just a, a big thank you to everyone on Instagram uh, who's been supporting us this whole time. All you guys, you know who you are. Uh, we love and appreciate you with all of our hearts. Uh, next week, we will be covering, I think, Ryan, specifically, you're very excited for this because we're going to cover... The Last Airbender. Yeah. The Shyamalan nightmare God. that was The Last Airbender. <laughs> oh. But what we're super excited about is the point five. We're, oh. we're all massive fans of the, la- uh, the Avatar The Last Airbender series and Cora to a lesser extent. But and Cora. I love Cora. Yeah. All my children equally. I like Cora. <laughs> Except you, Anne. It's You're probably my first not the best episode in of Avatar when they go back to the old Avatar. Fair enough, it's not Cora because it's the old Avatar. Yeah. But it's in that series. So we are going to cover Last Airbender, The Shyamalan Nightmare that is the last airbender I'm feckin excited uh, make sure you tune episode. it in next week to hear hey. I don't think that one was worth an A oh <laughs> uh, we, we'll be covering point five. We'll be covering the TV series and the Cora TV series. Um, but keep supporting us. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, leave us some love over on our Instagram and our Twitter at Bad Taste Buds Pod and on our Facebook at Bad Taste Buds Podcast. Um, yeah, and just keep staying awesome, guys, and make sure you watch some horrible, horrible films with us. We will be doing some collaborations soon with the Warm Tin Podcast. Give the guys over at Warm Tin Podcast a listen to. They cover a lot of really cool B-movies as well. They tend to go for the more obscure ones that we might not uh, tend to cover as much but you'll be hearing me on their podcast and them on our podcast very shortly guys which we're really excited about um but apart from that just just stay awesome and i i i always do this where i don't think of my like closing sentence but <laughs> stay awesome for fuck's sake it's awesome go check them out we're not kidding around tune in next week for more i hate all you so much <laughs> for more clawful puns uh cap cap puns meow cap puns <laughs> this <laughs> is Wait, okay, hold on. How are you feeling about this ending? I'm, um, I'm, I'm stressed out a little bit, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I can't think of a single fucking pun, and you guys are just rattling them off. Like, have you, did you plan this, or what? Oh, I've really got you the city you get, this, get This film gave me a hairball. What? That's not a pun. Don't even react. Just let the... Are you for real? Ah. I'm going to scratch your eyes out. No? All right, just freeze. Okay, bye. I wouldn't fail on it. There we go. <laughs> <laughs>